Welcome to uh, the Virtual Evangelist Podcast with your friend and brother, uh, Ron Mondesir. And today we'll be uh, speaking on the topic of uh, a male attendancy uh, in the church. And uh, uh, we know that through COVID, um, even prior to COVID, uh, the male uh, attendance in the church has been historically low. Um, so I'm speaking um it's, uh, princip- um, I'm, I'm speaking directly to um, the Christian church. Uh, male attendance has been very low. And after COVID now, and while we're going through COVID, that number has even gone lower than it was before. Now, men are leaving the church. That will be the topic of our podcast today. And uh, they will, uh, we're going to be going through uh, some of the reasons as to why the men are leaving the church and some of the things that we can do as a community to not only strengthen the men that we have in the church, and then strengthen, um, uh, they the, uh, strengthen the men that are coming to the church and provide a community in which that they can thrive, and not only thrive in which that they can themselves become disciples, and then go out and make other disciples. Because we know that biologically, that men are very mission-minded, and the man of the mission is a man that is lost, and we know that. From what we're seeing, not only in our community and seeing the church virtually, that the church has lost sight to its mission. And because the church has lost sight to its mission, then those who are in the church are actually left wandering in the wilderness. Now, you know, um, uh, there is a crisis of, 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 of brothers in the church right now. There's a crisis of male uh, representation in the church. There's a crisis of male leadership in the church. I'm not speaking of men being in uh, some sort of um, authority or being placed, having position of authority. I'm speaking of leadership. Leadership and authority or position, they're not the same. You could have a position that w- that actually tells that you have some, uh, some sense of leadership, but yet you don't have that. And we see what's going on in the church right now. There is a sense of uh, uh, lostness. And there's a sense that uh, people are more um, focusing on being in charge and getting into some position, but the leadership then has been gone completely, has been missing. And we actually can see that the men are not, are not actually staying there. Now, what are some of the reasons that we think, I think personally, that men are, are leaving the church? And by the way, this is not written in stone. Those are my sim- simple observation. And one of the reasons I think that the men are leaving the church because the church now it's more um, focused on 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 our sisters than it is on our brothers. And allow me to explain this. There are five things that I'm going to be going through. The number one is brotherhood. We know that, as is stated in Proverbs chapter chapter 27 verse 17, as iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another, which means that we thrive as brothers in a community. We thrive, we thrive as brothers when we are together. We thrive as brothers when there is a brotherhood and the church has lost that. And because there's no community, there's no brotherhood. And some of the men that are mission-minded, they leave. And if they don't go to other places, the devil has other plans for them and draw them to other things. So the first thing that I think, uh, it's, it's the reason why men are leaving the church, because there's no community, there's no brotherhood. 
And, and you know, the men that are staying behind, the majority of them, although they might have, they might be spiritually minded, but to be taking care of that community and brotherhood, that is not taking place. And the second reason that I think that brothers are leaving the church, you know, uh, it's the sense of uh, there's no spiritual uh, of, of fathers in the church. And, uh, well, historically, the person that represents a spiritual father to the brothers are historically the pastors, historically the shepherd. Well, there is a crisis among uh, the shepherd as well, is what I mean. The majority of, of, of pastors nowadays, I said the majority of them, are not called. We understand that being a shepherd is a calling. You ought to be called to be a shepherd. But the many one bringing themselves into that ministry, but yet have not been called by God. From uh, When you look at the degree, when you look at the experience, it seems that they have the right qualification. But spiritually, they have not been called. So that's number one. The second thing that we're looking at, if we're looking from the Old Testament, two of the greatest leaders that the, the nation of Israel I ever had was number one, Brother Moses, and the second one was David, King David. Look at Moses. Moses was a prince. He was the next, almost the next in charge to be a pharaoh. He was training all matters. He was raised in the castle. He was raised in the kingdom. And yet, he has gone and take matters into his own hand and then run away. And God has to take him to a process where he had to learn to not only take care of defenseless animals, but learn to work with his hand and learn to not lean on his own understanding. Who was David as a, as a king? David was a shepherd boy. And you can always tell how people are going to run a, 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 a church, how leaders are going to be, uh, the, 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 um, how leaders are going, to, uh, are going to lead from how they treat those they have nothing to gain from. David was a shepherd boy who was taking care of animals that were dumb and, 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 and well, would they call them stupid, but, but they were not the bright, bright, brightest, you know, in the shed, and when you look at a, a shepherd, a shepherd is defending the animal, there's nothing from them to gain. There's nothing for a shepherd to gain from defending the animal, but doing your job and keeping them safe. And we see that those two have been, they have been some of the greatest leaders from the Israelite history, historically. And that is missing. That sense of defending those whom you have been called to lead, um, that, that, that that culture of standing for those who are in position uh, that can defend themselves. The sense that you put yourself, it's between you and those you've called to, uh, to lead. I think that is missing. So the second thing that I think is becoming problematic is the fact that uh, from a spiritual perspective, those who have been called to lead the brothers, they themselves are in crisis. Now, the third thing that is actually, uh, I think it's, it's, it's a great, great concern to what's going on now, why some of the brothers are, are, are running away and some of the brothers that want to stay in the church is, is a problem of leadership. Now, we go through uh, spirituality, brotherhood, spirituality, leadership, and it's what I mean by that. Men are not interested in following programs 
you know, there's a, there's a single ministry, there's that ministry, there's that ministry. We're not ministry-minded. We're mission-minded. And uh, if you look at the call that Jesus had on the disciple, it was always that I'm going to give you a mission. I'm going to make you this so that we can attend that. There's always uh, a causation to, uh, like there's a cause to, there's an effect and then there's a cause. The, the effect is I'm calling you to be that. Then we're going to be going doing that. And, and, and the history of, of the Christian church has been that we have been called as we, we become disciples, that we go out and make disciples. And the great, in, in the great um, commission in the book of Matthew, as Jesus is about to ascend into heaven, is telling the disciple that to go into the world to make disciples and to teach them. Number one is to make disciples. You, you, you tell them what I've done, you tell them the word, then they give them life over back to me through the help of the Holy Spirit. Then we go through a, a period of maturation where we are teaching them that which I, I myself have taught you. So the, the process of discipleship is that we tell them, they accept the word, the Holy Spirit work with them, then as they come in, then we teach them. And I think the, the, the problem that leadership is having in a way is that we're, we're missing that connection. It's like people are being taught, people are not being taught, but people, people are being preached at. Then people uh, get the message, a majority of them got converted, then they get to the church now, the process of maturation, spiritual maturity is missing because Part of that transcendent transformation is that we have to teach them that which we ourselves have been taught in the book of Timothy. Timothy spoke of that, that the, 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 church, the, the, the church has an obligation towards the members so that those who are in position of leadership ought to teach them that, that which was taught to us. And I think that, that crisis of leadership is a direct causation to a lot of our brothers running away from the church. And nowadays, that the church now is more, um, the church is more resembling the world now. When you walk into the church, everything you see outside of, uh, in the world, you see it in the church. Instead of the church being a reflection of Christ, now the church is a reflection of the world. So those who uh, will want to come in and see that you have the truth, when they walk in, they see the same thing that they see when they go to the club or they go to a program that is being put up by someone who doesn't have your message. And we know that uh, there is this call on, on our life as Christians that if you are in Christ, you become a new creature. All things have passed away and you become a new, a new person. And that only happens through the process of studying the Word of God, through the process of discipleship, which means that there ought to be someone teaching and then to the force of me, me moving and watching what others on position of leadership are doing and then mirror what they do because you don't know any better. And then when you get to, to have some sense, a level of maturity that you themselves can find your own identity in Christ. So the first problem that is happening is that the church now has lost that sense. There's no band of bothers in the church. Of course, there is a main ministry, but we, we know that main ministry, the majority of them are not addressing the real issues that men are having. And the second thing, it, it, it's, it's a lack of spiritual fathers in the church. We've lost that. And the third thing that is, is missing now, it's, it's, it's a problem. It's a crisis of leadership. And the fourth thing is that there is, there is not a community in which 
a community that encouraging our brothers to thrive and to grow. You know, if you if you go to any given church, Christian church, the women outnumber the men. I think it's five or seven to one. Maybe it's a reflection of society, but the biggest problem is every man in the church now should be a reflection of Christ, not society. Now, for above us to come in the church, they ought to have a community where they feel like they will be nurtured, accepted. That's the, the other thing. And third, the thing that's going to keep them is that they ought to feel like this is a place for them. It's a church that is mission-minded. The Christian church is not a praise and worship church. It's a mission-minded church. And I think through the turn of, uh, since the early 2000s, we have lost that. Instead of looking through the Bible for direction into how our church should be now, we're looking to the world and incorporate that which is in the world into the church so that the church could, the church could be attractive to those who don't want to hear the truth. And because that community, the sense of community is gone and part of the truth is being diluted, what is the attractiveness of someone who's living a life that is outside the church? What, what is attractive to them coming to our God that we claim that will change him, but when they walk in, the same thing that they see outside, the same thing that they leave behind, that they come in and they see. And I, I think that there's a crisis where the Holy Spirit for many of our churches is completely absent, that we, we are worshiping God, but God is not in the midst of us because we kick him out. We have taken God out of worship and have replaced it with culture, we've replaced it with a golden calf, and then we're just calling on his name. But the truth of the matter, just like the Israelites as they have done, that we have built ourselves golden calf in many of our churches where we claim we're worshiping God, but we're worshiping a false God. And well, the other thing that I think, the last thing I think that is completely missing is that a brother, we need, we need, we, it, it's, it's a fact. This is who we are. A man needs to have a mission. A man always goes to action. You know, in the book of Genesis, after God created everything and God created Adam, God gave Adam the task to name all the animals. And the strange thing is God abided by the name that Adam has given to the animals. And God said, I'm going to give you dominion, not only on the animals, I'm going to give dominion over everything. And God abided by the name that Adam has given to all the animals. And what God said to him, it was a perfect world. He said, well, this is what you're going to be doing. You're going to work. You're going to tend the garden. You're going you're gonna to keep the garden. You're going to keep the garden. You're going to take off the garden. You're going to take off all these things. That was his mission. The first mission was, okay, well, I'm going to give you dominion. Then with that dominion, you're going to name all the animals. You're going to go to work, Adam, because... Uh, creation was just not that God, but Adam was part of that creation in a way that God has given him the right to name the animals. God created them, but didn't name them, told Adam, I'm giving you dominion over them, then you name them. Adam was a co-creator in a very small way, but a co-creator by, you know, by every man. Like he named the animals, and then his job was to tend and to keep the garden. I think that 
that the manifestation of us resembling brothers and, and being part of, of, of a bigger brotherhood is missing. And, you know, it doesn't mean that you can agree with my, my evaluation of what's going on. And I, I don't, I'm not claiming to be right in any sense. That's just my humble um, observation. Well, what can we do about it? Well, number one, I think there must be a radical change to, to our entire perspective on how to attract people to the church. We don't attract people to the church. And I think that our focus, we've been completely, churches have been mainly focused on using what's in the world to attract people who are in the world. Well, if you look at how Jesus had his ministry, Jesus' ministry was to go out, meet the people where they are, and take care of the need, and then give them the word of God. It doesn't mean that um, you're going to have a church, all you do is to feed people, all you do is to help people who are sick. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that our primary job is that other people who are outside of our churches, there must be a form of love amongst us. And Jesus said that they will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. I think that there must be a radical change in the way that we love each other because we can claim to be something that we're not. You can give that which you don't have. So the radical change has to start within each and every one of us in the church. And the second thing I has to do that they, I think that we people ought to be in position of leadership that they are called and God has given them specific spiritual gift to be in that position. It's not obvious to me that uh, there are quite a few people that you see sometimes in, in position that you, you think that this is what is best, this is what God would want them, where God would want them to be. You know, many times we we see big mega churches or churches um, that have some sense of worth to the to the world, maybe because by association. And you see that uh, pastors and and elders and different committees in the church they create a sense that they become more more also instead of becoming a church, they be, they've become a political party. And everything within that church has an agenda that is not winning of the souls, but to keep the statue quo. So the pastor's son is, is, is next in line. The pastor's daughter is next in line. The pastor's wife is next in line. The pastor's cousin. And, and you see this happen in politics. But that's not so. God has not called us to build this kind of political party. The church should be a place that where the sick come and get healed. And that can happen if they look in us and don't see us loving each other. Well, the second thing that's happening, I think the, 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 the church has to be a place where people can be honest. You know, the Bible says that you shall know the truth and the truth and the truth will set you free. It's not obvious to me that we people want to know the truth. I think it was Nietzsche. Nietzsche will say that um, you can always tell a person's uh, character by the amount of truth they're willing to tolerate. So truth has to be the foundation upon which our relationship within the church wall uh, are built up because God is the truth. God is truth. And the third thing that happened, the ministries that we have in our churches, the men's ministries has to be money minded. And the majority of the ministries, I think, at times, are more interested um, 
they have certain agendas, but they're not really taking care of, of the need of the men. Men are not looking to have different ministries and going to different programs. We're not interested in programs. This is not who we are. We are mission-minded. And the third thing, or the fourth thing, I think, which is, I think, it's the most important one, it is a renewal, just as it happened with Martin Luther. I think there must be a change where we go back to making church and building God and creating God and worshiping God that we have created that on image, but go back to the basis, which is the Bible, which is the truth, the, the truth that God has given us. And if we claim to know God, and yet there is no manifestation of his life, in, uh, of, of him in, in, in our life, I think that we, well, we're not telling the truth. And I think uh, if we change the way we worship God, if we question what we do and, and look at the Bible and see what we're doing, is it according to God's will? I think we, by next year this time, will be in a much better place than we've ever been. The same, guys, it was um, my small little uh, podcast on uh, on my small little take on what's happening in the church. And if you do have any comment, guys, you guys drop me, uh, drop me a comment, send me an email. God bless you guys. Love you. And hopefully I see you again.